This summer, we're bringing you double koi gig. Let's get to the Russo goal straight away. Like, a back heel nutmeg. Like, it was... <laughs> for me, it was one of the moments of the tournament. Subscribe to the OTB Koi Gig pod on the OTB Sports app now. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, Scottish Premiership and much more live on Sky Sports. And you're welcome back to Off The Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you three to five. Now Off The Ball is going back to Vicar Street in association with Cadbury FC. We've got a massive roadshow coming your way on August 17th. Michael Owen, Ian Wright, Emma Byrne and Karen Carney are our guests. There should be some great stories on the night as four legends of the game reminisce about their careers and preview the 2022-23 season. This is an exclusive off-air event. Tickets go on sale this week. So keep an eye out on OTB social channels. A reminder, ticket proceeds will go towards supporting Irish women's grassroots football. Football T's and C's apply and we'll see you on the night. Now Shane Hannon of OTV Sports and I are going to look back for the next half an hour on 30 years of Premier League moments. We picked five each. You can text yours to 53106 at a cost of 30 cent or tweet us out off the ball. Now my first moment is this. When you do that with footballers like he said about Leeds and when you do things like that about a man like Stuart Pearce I'm, I've kept really quiet, but I'll tell you something. He went down in my estimation when he said that. We have not resorted to that. But I'll tell you, you can tell him now, be watching it. We're still fighting for this title and he's got to go to Middlesbrough and get something. And, and I'll tell you, honestly, I will love it if we beat them. Love it. How often do we go around to our mates and go, I would love it? Oh, it's just lasted the test of time, hasn't it? It's pop culture phenomenon. I mean, yeah, some people say it; they don't even realise <laughs> where it, it came from. Well, I was like, you know, the context. So Newcastle hadn't won an English league since 1927. This was 1996, April 96. Uh, they had a massive chance. They were 12 points clear in January, uh, but Man United reeled them in. Cantona scored at St James's. Uh, Newcastle got beaten as that uh, tweeter said, four three by Liverpool. Um, Newcastle were then narrowly behind. Leeds put it up to Man U, um, but they lost 1-0 at Old Trafford, narrowly. Alex Ferguson went out after the game and said that Leeds were cheating their manager, Howard Wilkinson, um, and wondered what their application would be against Newcastle, who were not as big a rival as Man U, and Keegan completely lost it. I think it was utterly symbolic of the growing nature of entertainment in the Premier League, psychological battles, which Ferguson got the upper hand on Keegan, and Keegan was out of Newcastle by the following January. <laughs> after all that, after all he's done for the club, I mean, uh, yeah, it's, 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 you, will pro- you probably want to see more of those things happening in, in football these days. I love that little bit of aggro. I mean, a manager just... just Letting go of everything and being completely, brutally honest. And look, he probably went home that evening. But melting down, losing the battle. Yeah, he lost of the plot lines. a bit. Yeah, he did yeah. lose it. He lost it. Yeah, lost the cool. It's like when Mourinho had the, you know, three press conference. You know, there's times. Or, or Benitez has his facts. Yeah, I mean. And Ferguson won 13 titles. He was the master of it, I think. Now, maybe, yeah. the, maybe there's no correlation. Maybe we're trying to make something out of it. Why? What's, what's harm in making something out of it anyway? That's what's true. your first moment? First moment is uh, it's probably, it's certainly one of the greatest Premier League moments, but maybe that's the wrong word. One of the more shocking Premier League moments was, uh, of course, Eric Cantona's Kung Fu kick. So January 1995 gets the red card for this um, uh, kicking a Crystal Palace player during this match at Sellers Park. And we all know what happened next. He trudges off. One of the Sellers Park fans, the Palace fans, shouts abuse at him. Cantona runs into the crowd, launches a flying kick at him. Nine-month ban. Definitely probably, definitely the most shocking moment, I think, in Premier League history. Uh, the commentary from Jonathan Pierce on Capital Gold FM summed it up very nicely. Have a listen. Braille side to his temperament. The mad side of genius. Cantona is dismissed. Where can there be a place in the game for a man of such extreme 
sort of incident. I care not one jot about his supreme talent. He launched himself six feet into the crowd and Kung Fu kicked a supporter who was without a shadow of a doubt giving him lip. Well, I was shut about. Is the next line? It's yeah. one of the great commentaries. Ah, oh, it's amazing! It's, it's amazing. Just, like, Imagine listening to that live back then oh, in your car because he was already animated by Cantona getting sent off, and then it went to another level. Just oh. you think this man's voice can't get any higher? Ah, oh, fantastic! It just it just goes to another level. I mean, there are there were mad moments like Suarez's bite on Ivanovic, Delia Smith running on and Let's Be Avenue. Those are crazy moments, but there was there was nothing like a switch flicking off in someone's brain quite like Cantona's kick um, and United stood by him I mean in the Seagulls press conference that followed and uh, they, they're just a focus I remember I remember watching as a kid the video of that first game back I think it was against Liverpool where he scored the penalty this big return the collar up the swagger walking out onto the Old Trafford pitch after the ban was over uh, scored a penalty and celebrating by twirling around the pole that the stanchion behind the goals what a what a mad thing to happen and uh, I think the commentary from Jonathan Pierce on radio just epitomised how crazy the whole thing was but but what a moment all the same and Ferguson stood by him and if you were you know good enough for Man United Ferguson would stand by you mm. uh, my uh, second one is Jose Mourinho's press conference July 2004 when he called himself the special one um, it was just it, it was movie star looks it was the fact that he just won the Champions League with Porto um, it was a sliding doors moment that Porto equalised at Old Trafford to, to narrowly knock out Man United um, and then Abramovich came in with the money and they they snapped up Jose Mourinho and the rest is history he won the first league title in 50 years uh, 2005 and he dominated English football every, I was working on Today FM at the time when we had the Premier League live show and every single Friday we, we just couldn't wait for the Mourinho press conference <laughs> talking about bird flu the, the charisma was dripping off him before it all kind of went wrong in his career in, in some ways um, but at that time this guy has got like he was a bigger bigger figure than the players uh-huh. and that isn't uh, you know that often at a, at, a, at, a, at a Premier League club but Chelsea dominated football for three seasons they won the first two uh, league titles under Mourinho when he was managing them then they narrowly lost in 07 then he was out of the club and then he came back and uh, won it again then in 2015 so um, one of the greats I, I know uh, people like look at Mourinho now as somebody hmm um, that might be a little bit tarnished by his record but mm. when you think about it three Premier Leagues at a Liga uh, doubles in Portugal initially, an FA Cup, a League Cup in England. He's won everything in the game. Uh, so he, I think he deserves a lot of respect. And that moment was when he arrived in English football and it was never really the same. No. And and people have to reach a peak. We all do. We all reach a peak and a plateau in our probably in our lives or our careers where you don't realise it at the time, but it'll never be the same again. It will never be as good as it was then. But that was peak. That was plateau Mourinho. I mean, Mourinho running down the, the Old Trafford pitch as Porto boss and Mourinho in those glory years at Chelsea in that first stint were just that was that was Jose Mourinho yeah. as we want to remember him you know so uh, yeah the press conferences were just they were they were an entertainment activity in, in, in itself you know yeah. it made our jobs a lot more interesting for sure. what's your second moment second moment I'm going to go for David Beckham scoring from the halfway line against Wimbledon so this is of course the the opening day of the 1996-97 season the United defending champions of, of the title great team uh, we remember of course that was still Cantona time that was Bruce and Pallister at the back Schmeichel and goals um, Sellers Park first fixture of the season uh, you know pressure on Beckham a little bit he, he'd just been handed the uh, the number 10 jersey previously worn by Mark Hughes United 2-0 up full time whistle fast approaching but Beckham of course attempts this this outrageous effort um, the stabbed pass from Brian McClare in midfield saw Neil Sullivan off his line um, was it I think it was maybe John Motson maybe on commentary 
Um, but a really, really special moment. And and this is you have to remember. We all think of David Beckham, the global phenomenon, the the international celebrity, the superstar. But this in 1996 was was Beckham two weeks away from his first England cap. He wasn't well known. He was, of course, well known by United fans and football fans in England. But um, this moment really took international headlines, probably, in fact, played a a part in Glenn Hoddle picking him and selecting him and eventually getting that England cap a couple of weeks later. But the commercial world, David Beckham, the the celebrity David Beckham, the haircuts, were, were a while away yet. This was just David Beckham thinking, why not? Young kid... I mean, just we were talking earlier about you know young young people and young players not being nervous because they don't overthink things. Beckham certainly didn't overthink this. Saw Neil Sullivan off his line, thought, let's go for it, and the execution was was peak Beckham and, and just one of those moments where it's it's probably one of the Premier League's most rewatched goals. Um, and I remember as a kid we had you know old tapes of the United double years and treble years from the nineties, and that goal any time it came up for me on the screen. Rewind, you know how you used to rewind the old DVDs. I sound ancient, but I'm not really that ancient. But rewinding the videos back to the point where you wanted to watch it, press play again. And I remember doing that a number of times, nearly wearing out the videotape of, of Beckham's halfway line goal. So a really special Premier League moment. Absolutely. It was it. Hansen said at the time, it wasn't that game, but uh, you're not going to win anything with kids. I think uh, they proved them wrong at Old Trafford. And uh, my third moment is Keane versus Vieira in the tunnel. Uh, this was February 2005, so Keane had won, what, seven Premier League titles as a past player of the year uh, by the time that came around. The beating heart of uh, Ferguson's United, his representative on the pitch for 12 years from Cork, an enigmatic figure, one of the best sports stars this country's ever produced, one of the best sports stars in the world at that time. So symbolically, Keane owning Patrick Vieira in the tunnel, and I've been at the Highbury Tunnel, it is narrow, um, for having to cut off Gary Neville was absolutely fascinating insight into the tension of top-level elite football um, and that Man U-Arsenal rivalry at the time, which was quite tense. United won the game 4-2. John yeah. O'Shea with a lob. <laughs> Ronaldo, of all people, scored twice, I believe. Um, but it was Chelsea who won the Premier League that season. And um, By the end of the year, Keane was gone out of Man United. So he's still the dominant figure in football in ways, but just in a different way now through the force of his punditry and his, his, his just his unique character but at the time he's one of the best players in the world and um, the warrior Keane was out that night in that tunnel <laughs> against Vieira and you could almost see Vieira shrink in yeah, the tunnel for the first time in his life probably yeah. I mean it was just those rivalries were, were a part of my childhood the Arsenal United rivalries and they, they always will be but those memories I mean that that was that was that was peak Keane and peak Vieira really and and I, I remember watching that game. I was actually the Garda station, the Monaghan Town Garda station. My dad was a guard for 30 years in Monaghan. And there used to be a rec room, recreation room, where there be there was a snooker table and a dartboard and sky on the TV. And I just, memories of a kid going in. And dad might be working. We'd be waiting for him to finish. And myself and my brother and my mate would go in and sit there as kids. Uh, 60 cent for a can of Coke out of the machine. You wouldn't get a quarter of a can of coke for 60 cent now but uh, we used to, I remember watching that game in particular and, and John O'Shea's lob and attempted a celebration just capped it off Ronaldo ran Arsenal ragged that night as well um, but that moment in the tunnel beforehand was just that. It, it's and, and look we heard in the off the ball roadshow the, the Cadbury roadshow a couple of years ago when Keane and Neville spoke about it Keane was just standing up for for Neville not that Neville needed standing up for either he was no shrinking violet but that was the epitome of Roy Keane and uh, Vieira's rivalry I think Your third moment is? Third moment 2002 young man announcing his uh, himself on the world stage remember the name Wayne Rooney 
He was on £80 per week at this moment in time, 16 years of age, coming on against the Premier League's best side, the aforementioned Arsenal, ending their 30-match unbeaten streak with, with the goal that we all remember, beating David Seaman, uh, who was the England number one, if I'm fairly sure at the time, kissing the underside of the bar. Uh, just a fitting moment, and Clive Tilsley's commentary, I remember listening to it as a kid down at my granny's and hearing T- Tilsley say those words, remember the name Wayne Rooney, and, and making an active note in my head, OK, I'm going to remember this name. And, and little, we didn't even need to be told because uh, it was such a famous name. But I did an interview, as you remember, John, a couple of years ago with Clive Tilsley, uh, sitting in the, the, the commentary booth of the Medeski Stadium in Reading. And we spoke about where this phrase, I asked him, was this phrase you know, pre-planned? Remember the name Wayne Rooney? Did you have this in your head beforehand? And he told a, a great story of how he came up with the phrase. So here's Clive Tilsley speaking to myself a, a couple of years ago. Now, obviously, what you can't prepare for is is what Wayne Rooney did, what Sheringham and Solskjaer did. That that it, it, that has to come off the top of your head because you can't anticipate that. But but weirdly, um, because I, I spent so much time around Merseyside football, I had a couple of weeks before that game, I'd been back on Merseyside um, attending a Graham Sharp testimonial occasion, uh, hosting it. And uh, this guy who I didn't know, an Everton fan, came up to me and said, have you heard about Rooney? And I had heard about Rooney because he, he, he'd been a sensation in the youth team and he was on the verge of the first team and people were kind of talking about him. But it was him that said, remember the name Wayne Rooney. So it, was a, it came off the top of my head, except this guy whose name I don't know, it was a total steal from him. And the great part of the story was... Um, I attended another function about three or four months later, and he was, he was quite a, a distinctive-looking guy with a pointed um, beard and big glasses and hair swept back. And I saw him, and I rushed across the room and said, hey, I know what you're going to say. He said, I'm going to tell you, his brother John is even better. And I saw him again at another function, like another few months later, and he said, I've got another one for you. And it's somebody else. I mean, bless him, John Rooney never quite made it. And this other guy never quite made it. So he rather tarnished his record. Clive tells you there on what Wayne Rooney 2002 against Arsenal. And the great people always arrive. Uh, Brandon Driscoll Hattrick and Wayne Rooney really arrived back then. Uh, my fourth moment, uh, as we look back on 30 years of the Premier League, is the beach ball goal. Uh, this was absolutely ridiculous. So it was October 2009, Sunderland playing Liverpool at the Stadium of Light. A Liverpool fan threw a Liverpool-branded beach ball onto the pitch before the game. It blew uh, into the penalty area. Uh, early on, Sunderland attacked. Uh, the ball fell to Darren Bent. His shot deflected off the beach ball and it wrong-footed Pepe Reina. So the referee, Mike Jones, allowed the goal to stand. Obviously, he didn't see it properly. He shouldn't have. It wouldn't happen now, Shane, because of VAR. Yeah. Um, but remember when life was grey and these things could happen. Um, the teenager, Callum Campbell, uh, who threw the ball onto the pitch before the game, said at the time he received threats online. And the beach ball is now... Uh, held at the UK National Football Museum in Manchester. <laughs> is it actually? Yeah. Oh, brilliant. And you said it was a Liverpool, the young fellow was a Liverpool, Liverpool fan. Yeah, it was Liverpool and Liverpool branded beach ball. Uh, <laughs> and the ball hit off the beach ball and went in past Pepe Reina. Oh. So it was one of the most bizarre moments in Premier League history. I'm going to go to that football museum just there to see go. the beach ball, I think. Yeah, for sure. Your fourth moment is? Yeah, also involving Liverpool, Anfield, Liverpool-Chelsea, April 27th, 2014. The gasp from the Liverpool fans when uh, Steven Gerrard slips I remember being in a pub watching this match and there was a gasp let out and uh, of course Dembaba did the rest. Captain of Liverpool, still one of the greatest players in Liverpool's history, no doubt, um, but he had reinvented himself. This Brendan Rodgers team with Coutinho, Suarez, Sturridge, 
uh, touching distance of a first ever Premier League title at the time for Liverpool. Uh, under strength, Chelsea, people don't don't remember actually for that game as well. Chelsea were out of the title race. It was between Liverpool and Manchester City to win the trophy. No real pressure. Jared, of course, as we remember, slips in the first half, precisely the wrong time, allows Dembaba this chance to run in on goal and finish. Goes on to 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 finish two 0 to Chelsea. Jose Mourinho looking a bit uh, dishevelled on the sidelines. He was actually ill all week leading up to this game, um, but still managed to celebrate on the on on the sidelines. Chelsea, the 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 villains in Liverpool's title chasing story, uh, and and really they were crushed by that game because we remember a few days later and their next game three 0 up against Crystal Palace somehow managed to draw three all uh, and hand the title to uh, to City. City winning against West Ham in the final day to win and the Premier League trophy of course the only major title Gerard did win with his beloved Liverpool and that moment was, was key I remember at the time just for off memory Liverpool were brilliant against Manchester City in I think a game before that I think they mm. won 3-2 but they did I think they only needed a point against it they didn't sit back they went they yeah. went for it again I just think Rodgers got his tactics wrong that day it yeah. took Jurgen Klopp to come into Liverpool to make them the champions to get them to the next level Yeah, because yeah. that was really the Suarez season wasn't it Big time. Uh, um, but Gerard, like what a servant uh, and, and deserved to win a, a Premier League title. Um, my fourth moment and my final—that well, that was the beach ball goal. My final moment um, is one of the best moments in in Premier League history, if not the best one. Um, although you've got a very good contender after this, but uh, let's hear the commentary uh, from the 13th of May 2012 when uh, Manchester City played QPR at the Etihad Stadium, and it was 2-2 in stoppage time. Now then, De Jong yelled on and. The crowd come to life again. Forward come Manchester City. City 2, Queen's Park Rangers 2. Dingford, Balotelli. Still a chance and a goal! Wonderful goal! Aguero! Sergio Aguero has scored for Manchester City and he has won them the title. Without question, that will finish it. He broke through on the right of the area and Sergio Aguero the little Argentina international has whipped in a right-footed shot and Manchester City after 44 years have won the championship the league championship again and the crowd just go wild they cannot believe it they've come from nowhere from 2-1 down Aguero's goal they now lead 3-2 there's a minute of stoppage time left and surely now the title is at the Etihad Stadium uh, News Talk uh, obviously is a sister station of Today FM and Today FM at the time had Premier League rights and we Premier League Live the show I was mm. producing that day Ron Jones now retired an amazing commentator <laughs> and they talk about the Tyler commentary uh, that was the radio commentary that was going on in Ireland at the time McMartin was with Ron Jones of the day and it was just a sensational description of you know, the, uh, 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 one of the best moments in football history from an entertainment point of view mm. and from a Manchester City point of view. I remember Ron just talking about the sea of humanity that just unleashed itself <laughs> on the pitch at the Etihad Stadium when they won the title for the first time since 1968. And um, there was much more romance back then than there is about Manchester City now. Uh, and yeah, they won a lot, four and five seasons. But it, it rivaled Michael Thomas 1989. It was just an incredible moment. And it, we just couldn't believe on the day because United had to go and win at Sunderland and mm. beat City's uh, scoreline. And United went 1-0 up early on through Wayne Rooney. But City were 1-0 up at the break. Pablo Zabaleta. But then QPR, who were fighting for their lives, scored twice. <laughs> Joey Barton got sent off. Jamie Mackey put them in front. Dzeko then equalised. And City had it in their hands and then they threw it away and then they won it at the end and taken off the shirt that Balotelli was involved. Remember him, his brief cameo in English football. It was 
it's just one of those and look you've touched on it it probably doesn't have the same sheen City winning the league in, in similarly dramatic circumstances last season just because they're so dominant now but that that year I mean as a United fan I was in, in a pub in Monaghan watching this the, the two games obviously you're keeping an eye on split screens yeah. split screen stadium of light and then you're watching what's going on at the, the Etihad as well and I mean United the game finished you're looking at Alex Ferguson watching his watch and we were all looking at our watch as well and looking at the clock at, at uh, the City game and uh, I mean you talk about an Irish exit from a night out but when, when that Aguero goal went in I've never left a pub as quickly in my life because you're surrounded by a few City fans but you've got Liverpool fans everywhere as well who are just in to kind of bask in United not winning the league because they thought it was a formality before the game started uh, and uh, yeah what a moment for Man City fans and what a do- like I, I PTSD listening to Ron Jones talking there almost because you can take yourself back to exactly where you were as a Manchester United fan listening or watching that moment and just uh, dagger through the heart, right? For uh, in terms of sport, probably my, yeah, the, the most dejected. And okay. I, I think until the day I die, it will be the 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 worst I have felt watching sport. I need to think about um, my answer to that. Uh, five three one six. Hi lads, my moment of the Premier League was Fergie's hair handover to Moyes at Old Trafford and the long descent ever since. Sean, an <laughs> Arsenal fan, uh, lads. I bet you the ma- vast majority of neg- negative comments about Everton are from Liverpool fans. They hus- hate us, and it's mutual. Says Stephen Limerick. Well, hate is a very strong word, Steve. Uh, so that's some of the, the flavour of the text coming in 53106 your final moment is an uplifting story a miracle yeah and look there's, there are a number of uplifting stories maybe we haven't touched on like United fans will remember Rooney's goal against Man City that just stopped the time the overhead still. kick I mean just yeah, 2011 man, like, incredible Manny's cross you get moments of humour as well like Phil Brown doing the team talk on the pitch yeah, for, yeah, for Hull yeah. City just little things like that that kind of uh, give us a bit of comic relief in the Premier League but I mean, for, for Leicester City fans, uh, that 2015-16 season will, will forever be, be the pinnacle of, of their fandom. And, and even for neutrals as well, I think a lot of us got a lot of enjoyment out of, out of watching a team win it that, that hadn't won it before. Uh, probably fans in the 90s remember Blackburn Rovers win, but uh, one of the greatest sporting stories of all time, the 5,000-to-one shot that, that, that nobody expected to be within an arse's roar of the Premier League title. Uh, underdogs, almost relegated the year before, lost just three league games across the season to win uh, the top tier for the first time in their 132 year history so you can talk about Blackburn and we probably should mention that as well that you know that that great win for them in 1995 yeah. I mean what a team but um, to see Claudio Ranieri uh, and to see him you know almost in tears as Andrea Bocelli sings to ah, him on, yeah. the, on the pitch after the game nice. and they lift the Premier League like to, uh, to see Leicester lift the, the, the Premier League trophy almost looks like a game of FIFA you look like you're not you're, you know someone is Someone is this is make believe world, but uh, it it did happen, and Leicester won for the first time and and so far only time in their one hundred and thirty two year history. But what a great moment in Premier League! Like, it's hard to it's hard to argue. They just it's, kept winning matches that season, one nil wins. Yeah, I remember just one nil. Robert Huth and uh, yeah, like Jamie Vardy, obviously, and they had a great team. And Mares, of course, in that in that Leicester. Yeah, team, and Angola like, Conte as well. Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're, they're astute signings. Nigel Pearson deserves credit, um, but yeah, they just took off, and it was a. A magical season for them. We're never going to see it again. That's why we're no. supposed to, we're, we're picking it as the, the best, the, the final Fairy moment. Tale. Yeah, absolutely. Shane Hannon, Monon's finest. <laughs> Thank you for joining me over the last hour to talk about the Premier League present and past. Remember, folks, as well, Football Saturday returns between three and five next week. Dan McDonald, Johnny Ward, and a host of stars from the beautiful game between now and the next, uh, what, 10 months, isn't it? So August uh, uh, 6th. Football on Off the Ball with Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, Scottish Premiership, and much more live on Sky Sports.